Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch, chop, retrofit. Alright, so off the top here, we're going to give a shout out to your boy Mark, Marco, uh, my boy, my buddy, and previous guest on the show, future guest. Today was his last day working IT at the library, and so he's kind of sad. He actually got a little teardrop tattooed on his cheek, and I was like, Marco, that's not what that means. But he's moving on to greener pastures, and so shout out to him. But this is not a bro down, hoe down. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 24, the Season 8 finale of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs, like us, decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is... Travucular War, a.k.a. Doomsday Travice, Uh huh. a.k.a. Noradvis. <laughs> Norad- Noradvis, <laughs> okay... And I'm joined here in the bunker by my co-host and co-producer, Executive Decision, a.k.a. Sean's Early Light, a.k.a. Mutually Assured Destruction. And in our third seat, Chop Shop Regulator, Hunter Cheller, a.k.a. Chell or High Water, <laughs> a.k.a. Cheliminate the Target. Nice. A.k.a. Chernobyl. <laughs> further description of the show the tagline says watch chop retrofit because essentially that's what we do here we watch older movies sometimes they're classic films with iconic actors and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts disclaimer we're not actually in favor of this remake reboot sequel sequel dependent cinematic culture stand down this is more of an exercise in satire and irony we try to be funny. And sometimes we grow a third eye due to nuclear radiation. And sometimes our mission is accomplished. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> I wanted my own. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> All right. That brings us to our first segment this week. It's going to be movie news. And this is where throughout the week we try to pay attention to stories that deal with the world of cinema. Uh, you could say we kind of have our finger on the pulse. And uh, unfortunately... This week, we do have to start it off with two RIPs. So rest in peace and rest in power to Felix Silla. He was a cousin it in the Adams family. He died at 84 of pancreatic cancer. Other roles included the towering Inferno, Battlestar Galactica. He also boasted roles in Star Trek and Spaceballs and uh, Return of the Jedi, where he played an Ewok. And that comes to us from Variety. Rest in peace and rest in power to him. Also, RIP to Monty Hellman. He directed Tulane Blacktop. Also, The Shooting, Road to Nowhere. He died at the Eisenhower Medical Center in Palm Desert, California, following a fall in his home on April 19th. He was 91. Rest in peace and rest in power to the two of them. Next up, our top story. Oscar attendees will not be wearing face masks during the telecast. The deal is, if they're on camera, they don't have to wear it. But if they go to commercial break, they have to put it on. And I think it's bullshit. I do too. I'm on record saying that I don't think they should even have them in any other form than virtually this year. And this only furthers my resolve to boycott Oscars 2021. Next up... Netflix is near a deal on a Kiss biopic. Space Clowns. <laughs> it's going to be called Shout It Out Loud, and it's going to be directed by Joachim Roning. And that comes to us from Deadline. Next, Boy George movie Karma Chameleon moves from MGM to Millennium. 
and it eyes a summer shoot. And I guess you could say, well, it got the red, gold, and green light. And that comes to us from Deadline as well. Next, Disney and Sony set a massive movie deal bringing Spider-Man films to Disney+. Plus. This is pretty big. Uh, they've kind of been, Disney and Sony have kind of been in a cold war over the Spider-Man property for a little while. And what do you think, Sean? Uh, you know, that's great, I guess. It brings the superheroes together, mm -hmm. I guess. I mean, they already kind of accomplished that with the Avengers movies and bringing yeah. Tom Holland in well, almost all along. Well, now you can binge them all on one device and one subscription, I guess. My TV. Next, Antoine Fuqua directing the first all African-American adaptation of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. That's from Variety. Next, Dakota Johnson to star in Persuasion based on Jane Austen's novel. Any thoughts? I'm not her biggest fan. Uh -huh. I love that book, so I don't know. Okay, and here's the twist. It's going to be directed by her dad, Don Johnson. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, that comes to us from The Wrap. And next, Kelsey Grammer to star in The Space Between, about a has-been rock star featuring music by Rivers Cuomo. And that's from Slash Film. And that's kind of exciting. Uh, I like the idea of Kelsey Grammer in that role. And then... I, I like Weezer. Yeah, I like the idea of Grammar playing something other than an erudite asshole. Yeah. But that's what he is. Okay. Well, yeah, so this we is... We gotta separate the art from the artist, well, yeah, guys. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see him do something different. I it's, don't think he can. Uh, but what is he gonna do about those tossed salads and scrambled <laughs> eggs? Jeez. We got one more story. Chelsea, over to you. So I was on Twitter, and something really fucking scarring, triggering happened. Zac Efron did a virtual Earth Day celebration mm -hmm. with Bill Nye and Justin Bieber. And this motherfucker got real bad plastic surgery. Wait, he got plastic surgery for Earth Day? I get, I don't know, but he looks way different. There is, there's stuff happening on his face that I'm not okay with. Okay, yeah, some, some cheekbone and chin stuff, I think. Yeah, huh. it's not good. Yeah, and I know that this um, affects your carpal tunnel syndrome, especially. So that's going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys hear the emergency broadcast system? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Hiya, Chop Shoppers. Wilt Chamberlain didn't die of AIDS. He died of congestive heart failure. That's it. You guys are really on the ball this week. Good game, good game, good game, good game. All right. Thank you, Dana, for that. We do appreciate it. Uh, sorry, but I am not a medical doctor. But I do have one, uh, one correction of my own. I do stand corrected. We are actually coming up on 200, not 300 episodes. My bad. And that will close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week, bringing us to the theme of the episode. Because we want to avoid it at all costs. World War Three movies. Thoughts, Sean? Growing up, World War III was going to happen. Uh -huh. It was inevitable. It was only a matter of time. That was my life probably from first grade through maybe eighth, ninth grade. Yeah. I mean, Late that... 70s into the early 90s is, is Sean's elementary career. And also the time <laughs> period where we were really concerned about the Russians. Oh, we were totally. And do you remember the Nostradamus movie that... Uh, 
I'm familiar with like Nostradamus and like some it of his like predictions. It was like the man who saw tomorrow. I think okay. is the name of the movie, and it was. We're going to die. Yeah. We're going to die. And this man predicted it, and it's going to be nuclear war, and yeah. this is how it's going to happen. And Ronald Reagan has the button, yeah. and we're going to die. I mean, that was my life. So I think it's interesting that you um, pointed out in kind of a bygone way, because you could argue that right now, tensions between us and Russia, us and other parts of the world, are as unstable as they've ever been. Oh, we sure. have, we definitely have lulled ourselves into a false sense of security. The movies themselves, I think, as a as a groundwork uh, for a story, it's pretty much gold, right? Because it's something. It's the sum of all fears. Yeah, it it opens the door to a lot of different interpretations. It's the averted disaster. Mm -hmm. It's the actual disaster. It's what happens afterwards. Uh, there are several different angles that you could take using World War III as a theme for your films. Mm -hmm. Chelsea, what did you think about this genre going through some of these movies this week? It's it's just a, it's a scary notion, especially yeah. where we were politically <clears throat> and kind of where we are now. Right. And I, I agree with you. We have definitely created this false mm -hmm. hope sense. Um, but yeah, it's it's a frightening thought, and the movies are frightening to watch. The number one number one headline in U.S. news today is that we're keeping an eye on Russia. You know, so uh, all of that being said, let's talk about some movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're gonna do the midnight double feature. This is where we go around the panel and we each talk about two movies that relate to our subject and how they're related to each other and why they would make a good pairing for a double feature. And Chelsea, are you ready with yours? I am. Um, unfortunately, I did not get to watch these this okay. week. But I went with 1964's Failsafe, uh -huh. and I'm pairing that with 2000's Failsafe. Oh, you're doing a, a remake. All right. And okay. so when I was looking up films in this genre, that popped up, and I was intrigued by the movie poster, and I was like, I'm going to do that. And then I scrolled down, and I saw it was remade, so I wanted to do that. Sean watched it and said it was really good, so I want to sit down and watch these okay. films. But Right on. Now, I'm just noticing uh, for the listeners, are you wearing a Patrick Swayze t-shirt? I, yeah, I definitely Is that an otter of Red Dawn? No, it's... Nobody puts baby in the corner, but I, <laughs> I see a connection. <laughs> All right, over to you, Sean. What about your double feature? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with a couple of more lighthearted approaches to World War III. Uh, starting off with 1983's War Games. This was uh, directed by John Batham, and it stars Matthew Broderick and Ali Sheedy. Okay. And this is uh, <clears throat> a young computer nerd... Matthew Broderick, who was showing off for a girl, yep. wanted to impress her with his modem skills, <laughs> and he got into uh, the back door of NORAD, I guess, and he interacted with this artificial intelligence and started playing games with it, thermonuclear warfare games, mm -hmm. thinking that this was just a simulation, but what was happening all the while, everyone at NORAD thought that they were being attacked by the Russians. And things were escalating. And this is where, I, as a kid, I learned about DEFCON 1, 2, 3, and 4. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes a race against time as this well-meaning kid tries to divert global disaster. There's also the um, not very often heard of DEFCON 5. You probably haven't heard of it. Is it? Is no. That, no. 
Uh, and I'm pairing that with 1985's Spies Like Us. Yes. This is uh, directed by John Landis. Mm-hmm. And it uh, stars Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. Great. So we have a couple of bumbling government employees who think they're U.S. spies. Well, they're led to believe that they're U.S. spies. They get rushed through the entire uh, program because they're decoys. They're meant to uh, throw people know, off. Throw the people track. off the scent, so to speak. And uh, you know, they're actually bumbling their way back into the fray. And trying their best to avert nuclear war. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, thinking about it real quick, um, as prominent as those two comedic actors were at the time, and as many movies as they each made, I can't think of another overlap. Can you think of another movie with Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd? Here's what I think. I think that Dan Aykroyd's probably pretty cool and laid back, and Chevy Chase is probably a dick, I've and they always, didn't want to work together. I've always heard that Chevy Chase was a bit of an asshole. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they were on SNL together, but I can't think of another movie that they I did. would have to give it some thought. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's a fun, weird movie, uh-huh. and it's got one of the great scenes where they're in the Middle East and, and this bivouac tent, yes. and they're introducing themselves to all these medical professionals. Doctor... Doctor, 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 doctor. Yeah, I uh, remember liking it a lot as a kid and my parents not liking it, which only made me like it more. Uh, Is it my turn? Go for it. All right, so I've got a Midnight 007 feature. So first, we're going to be talking about Thunderball from 1965. This was directed by Terrence Young, who also directed uh, the the first two James Bond movies, Dr. No and From Russia with Love. Led by one-eyed evil mastermind Emilio Largo, the terrorist group Spectre hijacks two warheads from NATO from a NATO plane and threatens widespread nuclear destruction to extort 100 million pounds. James Bond, played by Sean Connery, is sent to recover the warheads from the heart of Largo's lair in the Bahamas, facing underwater attacks from sharks and men alike. (laughs) He must also convince the enchanting Domino, played by Claudine Auger, Largo's mistress, to become a key ally. So this movie is a James Bond movie, 1965. It's an early one. It's considered considered pretty good. It's got 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Then in 1983, a different production company decided to make a James Bond movie with with uh, Sean Connery. Now, keep in mind that Roger Moore has been playing Sean Con- has been playing James Bond for years now. And in fact, in 1983, the Roger Moore led Eon Films Octopussy came out. So this movie came out at the same time as Octopussy, but it's based on the same book as Thunderball. It's called Never Say Never Again. Uh, directed by directed by Irvin Kirshner, who also directed uh, The Eyes of Lara Mars, Lara, The Eyes of Lara Mars, uh, RoboCop 2, and The Empire Strikes Back. An aging James Bond, played by Sean Connery, makes an uncharacteristic mistake during a routine training mission, leading M, played by Edward Fox, to believe that the legendary British intelligence spy is now past his prime, probably. M indefinitely suspends Bond from active duty. However, when Spectre member Fatima Bush, played by Barbara Carrera, (laughs) and her fellow terrorists successfully steal two nuclear missiles from the U.S. military, M must reinstate Bond as he's the only agent who can beat Spectre at their own game of espionage. 
another side note on this, it is a very there's a very early performance from Kim Basinger oh. as a Bond Ooh. girl. Ooh. So that's my uh, 007 feature. Any thoughts? I'm going to say recommend on both just because I'm a Bond nerd. I'll recommend both of mine. I'll get back to you. All right. Sounds <laughs> good. Uh, that brings us to our feature segment, which is the recast. And this is where in advance we watch a movie and sometimes it's an older movie. Sometimes it's sometimes it's only 20 something years old. Um, and then we hypothetically recast a few of the main roles with contemporary actors and the first one is going to be one that I mentioned a few moments ago. The Sum of All Fears from 2002, directed by Phil Alden Robinson. Now, this guy has got a diverse catalog. He directed, get this, Field of Dreams, Sneakers, okay. Ghost Dad, oh. and Band of Brothers. Oh, wow. wow. This movie has a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's based on Tom Clancy's novel. This espionage thriller tracks a sinister plot to draw the United States and Russia into World War III. When the Russian president, Siren Hines, suddenly dies, world tension escalates. Coupled with missing nuclear scientists and the threat of a nuclear detonation on the United States soil, young CIA analyst Jack Ryan, played by Ben Affleck, must uncover who is behind the conspiracy. Now, um, despite Ben Affleck's smarminess, this is actually a pretty decent reboot, if there is such a thing. Yeah, Chelsea saw this for the first time this past week. Had okay. you seen it before? I had not. Okay, so you guys are both new to this. I saw it, uh, I think, when it came out. And despite Ben Affleck being yeah. in it, I liked it. Mm -hmm. And uh, watching it again some 19 years later, right. I think it holds up pretty well. Um, I've always, I always liked the Clancy books. Right. And the films do a pretty decent job, for the most part, of replicating the amount of research that goes into those stories. Right. But I want to hear what uh, you and Chelsea have to say about it. I liked it a lot. This is the second Jack Ryan film I've seen. Hunt for Red October being the first? Mm -mm. Patriot Games. You no, the one we watched with Harrison Ford. He was in Patriot Games. Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger. That one. Danger. That one. Yeah. But didn't you also watch uh, Hunt for Red October for I... our Sean Connery episode? No, I didn't. Okay. I thought I did, but I didn't. Maybe it was somebody's double. Might have been somebody's double. Right on. You're you're kind of getting a feel for what these movies are like. Uh, it's it's really interesting that we've got so many different actors playing the same character yeah. over the years. You've got Alec Baldwin first in Hunt for Red October. Then he hands it off to Harrison Ford, who does two films. Then you've got the reboot with Ben Affleck. Then you've got uh, Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit, which is... I guess unrelated to some of all fears, uh, but it stars Chris Pine. And then you've also got the TV show, Jack Ryan starring John Krasinski. That being said, let's go ahead and break down the roles that we are going to recast. First, we've got Jack Ryan played by Ben Affleck, who was 30 at the time. Then we've got William Cabot played by who, Sean? Morgan Freeman. And he was pretty good in this. I, um, I, I'm not going to tell them why I called you last night. I, I'll tell them. I was like, wait, is Morgan Freeman the same character that James Earl Jones was look, later? Look, I said the same thing. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I had to look it up. And no, he's not. He, he is uh, the director of the CIA. And James Earl Jones was Admiral Greer. Yeah. Uh, so then we've got um, Bridget Moynihan, who was 31, playing uh, Ryan's fiance, Catherine Mueller. 
and the same character who would later go on to be Kathy Ryan. Then finally, we've got the president, J. Robert Fowler, played by James Cromwell, uh, who was 62 at the time. And I think that was one of the most well-cast roles in this movie. He seems like an old politician. I have a question mm-hmm. for Dana. I want her to research okay. how many times Cromwell has played president of the United States. Okay. That, that's an interesting query. And, I'd like and, to know And as well. you did text me last night as well, which was, or the night before last, what we should also recast. Well, you wanted to recast the uh, Russian, the Russian premiere. Uh, and then you also wanted to recast uh, Ray Donovan. Oh, <laughs> that's what you said. We should recast Ray Donovan. <laughs> oh, as who? Well, he was in the movie. movie. Oh, we should have recast Ray Donovan. What's the guy's name? Um, Leave Schreiber. Leave Schreiber. Leave yes. Schreiber. Thank you. Uh, Cotton Weary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So those are the roles we're going to recast. Chelsea, are you ready? I'm ready. Who's your Jack Ryan? So my Jack Ryan has done a lot of things, but for this role, I picture him from his TV show, Mindhunter. And okay. I went with Jonathan Groff. Yeah. No, I can totally see that. That's a good pick. Yeah. So Jonathan Groff, we know him from Hamilton and the criminal, was it? Mindhunter. Mindhunter. Uh, what's he doing next? We don't know. This recast of the sum of all fears. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Over to you, Sean. Um, I am going to be sacrilegious and go with an Australian actor in the role of Jack Ryan. Okay. But I think you'd be good at it. He's definitely got the looks and the, uh, the charm and charisma. Um, he was in the hunger games. He was in independence day resurrection. Is that what it's called? Yes. Our resurgence resurgence. Jeez. It's Liam Hemsworth. Liam Hemsworth. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Uh, is he still with Miley Cyrus? No, they're no, divorced. They divorced. Okay. Well, my Jack Ryan is 29 now, and I kind of have a little bit of a theme. Uh, he was in Catch-22, based on the novel by Joseph Heller. He was in The Closer and Major Crimes, which I believe is a spinoff of The Closer. Uh, his name is Graham Patrick Martin. Graham Patrick Martin is my Jack Ryan. Nice. I like it. All right. Our next role is going to be William Cabot, played by Morgan Freeman, who was 65 at the time. Let me reiterate. Morgan Freeman was 65 (laughs) in 2002. (laughs) And Chelsea, who is your William Cabot for this movie? My actor, I fell in love with him on The Mandalorian. I love him. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And Breaking Bad. I went with... Giancarlo Esposito. Yes, thank you. Nice. That's a good pick. Yeah, yeah. He, um, for some reason, I've overlooked him uh, a lot in his career. And Same. We're, we're going to change that. Uh, next, Sean, who's your William Cabot? Uh, this actor can be seen in Heat, The 13th Floor, Far From Heaven. He played the president in 24. Mm-hmm. And that's all state stand. Yes. Dennis Haysbird. Yeah, President Palmer. I think I recast him last week for something. We Did talked. You? No, we, I, we talked about him in Love and Basketball. Oh, okay. So my pick for William Cabot is 64 now. He was in Platoon, They Live, The Thing, and Pitch Black. His name is 
Keith David. Yeah, you did. Keith oh, David, not to be confused with David Keith. Next up, we've got Catherine Mueller, Jack Ryan's uh, hopefully fiance, if he can, you know, stick around for at least one date. And she was played by Bobby's sister, Bridget Moynihan, <laughs> who was 31 at the time. Chelsea, who's your pick for this? Um, I had a hard time with this one. I don't know why. I just you I, were just too focused on Zac Efron. No, I literally just saw that like oh, thirty seconds okay. before we started recording. It was terrifying. Late breaking. Um, my actress was in The Phantom of the Opera, The Day After Tomorrow, and Shameless. I went with Emmy uh, Rossum. Emmy Rossum's my girl. Yeah, I like her. Good. She's great. No, I just I didn't, I'm just picturing her. Do we need All right, all right, we're good. Give you a minute. Over over to you, Sean. Oh, you're good. Okay. Um, I wanted an actress who, like, much like the last time we did a uh, Jack Ryan film, mm -hmm. I wanted an actress who could be a doctor. You know, you right. believe that she's got the uh, wherewithal to wear the pants in the family, mm -hmm. which you know, ultimately she does. So this actress uh, can be seen in American Honey, It Comes at Night, The House That Jack Built, and Mad Max. You'll love this one, Travis. It's Riley Keough. Riley Keough is my girl. What are y'all doing? Is this your theme? Just picking my girls? All right. They would love it if they knew I called them my girls. Um, my Catherine Mueller is also 31 now. She was in Sharknado. And Sharknado, not again. <laughs> and also, Bring It On, one of the later sequels. Uh, her name is Cassandra Serbo. Cassandra Serbo is going to be my... Oh, okay. My Catherine Mueller, later Kathy Ryan. I, like it. I don't really know her. She looks familiar. Mm -hmm. Well, she was in Sharknado, which she, I know you watched those movies. Yeah. You're a big fan. She saw them in the theater, Sean. It's, she doesn't even <laughs> want to mention favorite. it. my favorite. Shut up. Next, we've got the president, President J. Robert Fowler, played by James Cromwell, who was 62 at the time. Um, and if you don't know who James Cromwell is, he's the the farmer in Babe. That'll do, pig. That'll do. And he's also William Randolph Hearst in the made-for-TV movie about the making of Citizen Kane. Whew. Who was your president? Chelsea. I also had a hard time with this one, probably because I had a hard time with the one before. My actor was in Burlesque, While You Were Sleeping, The O.C., Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I went with Peter Gallagher. Oh, yeah. Peter Gallagher. Uh, I don't know. He, for some reason, like back in the day, Hollywood um, felt he was the dreamboat. Peter Gallagher. Something about his eyes, I guess. His eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Sean, who is your pick for President J. Robert Fowler? My actor 62 as well. Mm -hmm. You know, in all of the uh, Jack Ryan films, the president is very clearly cut from a Republican cloth. Mm -hmm. So I decided to buck the trend and go with someone who is clearly oh. on the liberal side of things. Uh, this actor can be seen in The Player, Howard the Duck, yeah, Ew. Mystic River, and the Shawshank Redemption. Yes. I went with Tim Robbins. Oh, that's going to oh, be I good, I love dude. him. That's going to be good. I like it. Uh, I think he'll bring more affability to the role. Because James Cromwell is not affable. No. Mm -mm. Um, neither is my actor, who is 61 now. 
He was in Platoon as well, with, along with Keith David. And the rest of these are going to give it away. He's in Scrubs and Stand Against Evil. I went with John C. McGinley. Good choice. John C. McGinley. Dr. Cox. President Dr. Cox. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm going to say recommend. A light recommend on some of all fears. I'm going to give it a solid recommend. One mm -hmm. of my favorite parts of the movie, and it's not giving anything away, when the nuclear device goes off. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Happens so suddenly and so uh, without preamble that it just kind of gut punches you. It like took my breath away. It was so... Which is the way it would happen. as If you were a civilian, Take a pedestrian... Take my breath away. Like if you were a you know, civilian, uh, you would be completely caught off guard because you wouldn't be privy to this information. And it was, like you said, breathtaking. And for me, that was like the best part of the movie. Uh, the interplay between Ben Affleck and the Russian president, I thought was really well done. So, yeah, I like this mm -hmm. film. I, I thought it was a pretty good effort on their part. And you don't completely hate Ben Affleck in it. I said recommend. Yes. Okay. That's going to take us into a ceasefire, but not before we say, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some MREs. And fallout shelters. Fallout boy. And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM, The Shop, with Travisito, the brew boss, and me, Chelsea, the regulator, where we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies. All, All morning, morning long! <laughs> and if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on podbean.com. And it came to pass that the Lord Pod saith unto the chop shoppers to go forth, to rate, to review, and to subscribe to Cinema Chop Shop on all of your social media and your podcaster apps. Now it's about time for the holy sacrament of a beer check-in. You too can follow the path to Cinema Chop Shop on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Everyone, hallelujah. hallelujah! Praise Jesus! Amen. Well, hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you think you can handle it. This weekend on CCS Wrestling. Woo! If you miss this event, you suck. Woo! It'll be the ultimate recasting extravaganza you have ever seen. Between the challenger, Trontastic Ron. I'm gonna rip his face off. Woo! And the defending champ, Little Thanos. You ain't got nothing, brother. I can't stop saying woo! It's an actual medical condition. So if you've got a problem with that, we'll see you in Gmail, where you can send us comments, corrections, concerns, and complaints. That's cinemachopshop at gmail.com. The 
property in a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem. Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop Blowout Sale. He's He's out out of of his mind. mind. Where we can guarantee you, you'll go home happy. Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. So please remember to watch Watch Chop Chop Retrofit. All right. Welcome back to the front lines, Chop Shoppers. Thank you for bearing with us during that ceasefire. Uh, We just had to go out and uh, sign some treaties. So when we come back from the ceasefire, Sean, what do we like to do? (laughs) We like to do beer (laughs) check-ins. And uh, what do we have this week? Uh, This is from Resident Culture. This is Writing for the Feeling. It sounds sexual. It's their Italian Pilsner. And it is a really good example. It is a sexy okay. beer. It's a great example of a Pilsner. It pours crystal clear. It's fragrant and delicious. Oh wow! Our friends in Charlotte, right on. It's got a, it's got an interesting uh, label on it. Yeah, too. their artwork is always fun. It's like it looks like folk art. See how clear this is. I don't because I'm drinking it well, directly out yeah. of the can. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it tastes very um, crisp as well. What's the ABV on this? 5%. 5%. Golden. Literally. Golden Colorado. Shout out to the Googe. All right. So while we're enjoying that, we're going to get into our 2021 movie marathon. And this is where throughout the year we try to watch as many movies as we can. The goal being 365 Sometimes some people uh, go above and beyond. And uh, as of this recording, it is the 113th day of the year. And I'm on number 118. Sean, what are you on? 141. 193. You're coming around on 200, much like this podcast in terms of episodes. Also, I should remind the listeners that we check these in on Twitter. Sean, where can they find your check-ins? A windowless van. And Chelsea? I do not check mine in on Twitter. And uh, I will be migrating, re-migrating, immigrating my movie check-ins back to my personal Twitter feed. So if you follow this podcast on Twitter, but you don't follow me, it's Travis G. Allen, at Travis G. Allen, all one word on Twitter. Chelsea, what's your first check-in going to be? My first check-in is a movie from 1980. Uh, We had mentioned that we're trying to watch all of the movies from In Search of Darkness, part one and two. There's a spreadsheet. Mm Mm-hmm, there is. So I watched The Changeling, not like super gory. Now, I don't know anything about this movie, but to me, the term changeling means when your child is replaced with a lookalike child. Okay. It's, It's not super gory. It's creepy and they do a good job it's a haunted house film okay but didn't they angelina so jolie hard. do a remake of this yes she did so it was a remake okay this stars george c scott oh wow yeah you got Patton playing uh-huh. a musical composer yeah i loved it and somebody it's... needs to make a musical where Patton oswald plays general Patton. <laughs> over to you sean what's your next check-in i'm gonna check in the film that we had originally scheduled for the double feature i'm sorry for the recast Ooh, it's called threads 
you sent me a text. You're like, hey, man, for real, though, we're not recasting this. No, no. It's, <laughs> and I'm easy. Like, I'm, I'm very easily persuaded. It's from 1984. And this broadcast in England on BBC mm-hmm. as kind of a docudrama of what would happen if there was a nuclear war. And, and tell me what was so wrong with it. Well, up until the nuclear war and the fallout. Right right about the third act. It really gets gratuitous. I compare it to Cannibal Holocaust in that we get it. You don't have to show me everything. You don't have to keep continually hammering me in the face with some of the, you talk about gore, the really disturbing images i understand right. by now you don't have to keep on but they keep hammering and hammering and triggering you beating a dead horse and it's just by the time it's over you're just it's much like cannibal holocaust mm-hmm. you're just left feeling just worn out mm-hmm. tired needing a shower and wasted and needing a shower much I, like cannibal holocaust <clears throat> the only movie to make me throw up wow this one did too wow okay well that's why we keep you around for emitophobes and my first check-ins my first check-in is going to be number 111 this you guys talked about it last week it's called nobody mm-hmm. starring our boy bobby o bobby odenkirk from 2021 um my review is short and sweet don't push him because he's close to the edge <laughs> and Chelsea, what's your next check-in? This is a movie from 2021 called Jacob's Wife. This is a Does family. she have a ladder? No, she doesn't. This this film, wow. Um what's the actress's name? Barbara Crampton. Yeah, from Reanimator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Jacob's wife, Jacob's uh preacher, preacher. whatever, and she gets turned into a vampire. Well, that's going to be a conflict of interest with his uh, parish. Oh, this movie is so fun. Okay. It's It's, super cheesy. It's a B movie. But they're very fucking aware. Yeah, they lean into it pretty hard. It's it's great. I don't want to really give anything away. My favorite part of the movie, their vampires are Nosferatu-style vampires versus canine fangs. They have more like rat teeth Yeah, which is pretty fun. That's scary. And there's a lot of blood. Oh my god, it's it's so good. <laughs> right it's on. fun, like as in geyser blood. And um, so I'm getting some mixed messages. Do I want to watch this? Yes, you okay. do. Yeah. You absolutely it's, it's do. It's got about a 67 on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Thanks to Barbara carrying this film. Oh, if, she's amazing. If it weren't for her, this would be like a 33. Okay, like she really helps elevate this thing to a different level. And it's got a feminist slant to it, which is kind mm-hmm. of refreshing. Speaking of uh, B-movie, what's the deal with Pollen? Your next check-in, Sean. All right, I'll talk briefly about Failsafe. Chelsea mentioned it. Um, it's really cool. It's worth watching. Uh, this is Henry Fonda, Walter Matthau, and Larry Hagman, a.k.a. J.R. Ewing, a.k.a. I Dream of Genie. A technical glitch causes a U.S. bomber team to order the destruction of Moscow, leaving the president little time to negotiate with Russia on a solution. There, it's uh, Sidney Lumet. Yes, and as, as the director, so there's some really, really cool shots. Um, the phone plays a critical role in this film because they're constantly back and forth with uh, the Russian premier trying to 
let him know that, I mean, pull the pants down, you know, we're, we fucked up and this is not, this is, this is our fault. We've got bombers on the way, shoot them down, please. And don't bomb us. We're sorry, but there's a computer technical malfunction that's caused this miscommunication. We can't reach them because you're jamming our frequencies. It's a beautiful depiction of all the misinformation and yeah. mis- mistrust that was behind the, uh, the, the cold war, how convoluted things get when you're not communicating properly. But there's some fantastic shots where the phone is in the foreground and it's larger than life because of how the, the, the forced perspective. And you've got, you know, uh, Henry Fonda as the president. He looks tiny in the background right. reaching for the phone. It's really <clears throat> worth watching. Okay. I'll check it out. Uh, my next one kind of applies to our theme this week. It's called The Courier. It's is my number 112. It's from 2020. And uh, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, a mild-mannered businessman is recruited by MI6 and the CIA to smuggle information out of the Soviet Union. Uh, how Benedict Cumberbatch was not nominated in any way for this, I have no idea. Because it falls within the uh, time frame for movies that would be up for Oscars. Hmm. And I'm not going to spoil anything, uh, but something happens in the plot of the movie and he <laughs> as it does he goes full full Christian Bale in the machinist. Okay. Yeah. That gives me a good idea. What year did it come out? 2020. Okay. Cool. And uh Chelsea, do you have any other check-ins for us? I, no, nothing okay. really worth noting. All right, Sean, over to you. All right, I'm going to try to be objective in this review. This is a documentary called Industrial Accident: The Story of Wax Tracks Records. Wax Tracks Records is a record label that was formed in the 80s by uh, a gay couple. Uh, they started a record store in Denver. They wanted to start fresh where they weren't so, not persecuted, but they could be open about right. their homosexuality. And so they moved to Chicago. And the record store wanted to carry other albums from... <laughs> the uh, Sausage King of Chicago? <laughs> no. They wanted to carry other albums from Europe that they couldn't get anywhere. So they started contacting these artists direct and saying, hey, can we just license your music in America and just carry it? Yeah. And thus the record label was. Wow. Some of my favorite industrial music acts, Ministry, KMFDM, Front 242, Frontline Assembly. Uh, Trent Reznor appears in the film because he did some recordings there. Dave Grohl was a huge fan of that record store when he was a kid. So... It's it's like a big warm hug from the corner of the music world that I love. Right on. And so it was really neat to see this story. Also to see interviews with these people because being in the 90s and the 80s, we didn't have access to these artists to understand who they were, where they were coming from. We just had their music. And that's right. what we judged their personas on. So it was really cool to see these really normal guys talking about this cool record label. I like how you were saying that they... Um, their breakthrough was because they reached out. Can we license your music? Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show that it doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah. Totally. You know, the worst somebody can say is no. Uh, but as with uh, a lot of great things that kind of flamed out because they got too big for their britches mm. and uh, AIDS. Ah, <laughs> so, yes. no, I heard it was congestive heart failure. There's a sad ending, but uh, I really, really enjoyed this and I will watch it again. Fair enough. My last check-in for this week is going to be number 113 because I devoted six hours of my life to it. This is Hemingway, the new PBS documentary from Ken Burns (laughs) about the author Hemingway. 
in-depth six-hour documentary from Ken Burns that attempts to dispel the myths surrounding Hemingway. All told, he lived and died by his own will. My, my grandfather didn't commit suicide, but a lot of the character traits about Hemingway uh, reminded me so much of my grandpa Ralph. Like, it, it, was, it was really weird. Was he a chauvinist? Uh, in a way, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, rest in peace, Grandpa. All right. I think that wraps us up on the movie marathon for this week, right? Mm-hmm. Bringing us to the second part of our feature segment, the recast continued. Part two. Re-engagement. Defcom two. There you go. Uh, and we're talking about the Bedford incident from 1965. It was directed by James B. Harris, who also directed Boiling Point, Fast Waltz, and some call it Loving. It's got an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. I was surprised how much I enjoyed this. It's got a lot of the same elements of uh, a mutiny film. Yeah, yeah, true. Even though a true mutiny doesn't ever happen, mm -hmm. you get the feeling that the captain has a little loose grip on reality. Uh -huh. He's got a screw loose. But he has an iron grip on his crew. Do you know yes. what it reminded me of? That time travel movie with uh, yeah, that's exactly what we said. With um, we said the Kirk same, Douglas, yeah, we, right? said, mm -hmm. we said the same thing. And the first few scenes when they're bringing him to his quarters, uh -huh. there are some very, very eerie similarities between the yeah. two of those yes. at the beginning of the film. All right, so reporter Ben Munsford, played by Sidney Poitier, is aboard the U.S. Navy ship sailing near the Arctic Circle, aboard a U.S. Navy ship on assignment to write a profile of Captain Eric Finlander. And he's also photographing uh, his, his time on the ship. Uh, Captain Eric Finlander is played by Richard Widmark. Widmark? Widmark? Widmark. Richard Skidmark, a hardened anti-communist. Despite the concerns of Munsford and medical officer Chester Potter, paid, played by Martin Balsam, and others on the ship, Finlander is shadowing a Soviet submarine on patrol in the same area hoping to make it to the surface. The cat and mouse game, however, turns deadly serious. He is a he is a tough as nails, uh, my way or the highway captain. And like we said, he's played by Richard Widmark. Um, Widmark. Widmark. And then we've got Ben Munsford playing by Sidney Poitier, who is a civilian reporter, but he's on the ship and he's documenting what he is observing. But he's also aware that the captain has recently been passed up for a promotion to rear admiral chelsea had something to say about that okay you when we were watching this you said something about how these captains like moving up is very hard when you get to a certain yeah. level in the navy so when he he's an 06 a captain mm -hmm. and a lot of them when they hit about that stage on these ships, and especially these smaller ones, because you have to be a higher rank to be on the bigger ones, they turn into fucking dicks. Okay. Because their career has strict. plateaued. Well, it's really hard to make that jump from right. captain to admiral. Okay. They're assholes, and they're very by the book. They're super strict. There's a ton of rules, but it, it's across the board. But, I, I mean, I get why. So, hopefully... Um... We're not lumping all Navy captains, O6 captains into this category. Uh, no, there probably oh, no, no, are no, no, some, no. It's some just, outliers. But it's easy yeah. to understand why he was so, not, not, only, not only professionally, but uh -huh. because of the, uh, the, the, the global landscape. Yes. Yeah. And the captain makes a comment about the United States intervention in the Cuban Missile Crisis. And that uh, leads 
uh, Munsford to think that maybe that's why he wasn't promoted for disagreeing with policy. Mm -hmm. Now, I love uh, Martin uh, Balsam's character. Yes, yes. Um, uh, we'll get to him in just a moment. But next we've got uh, Ensign Ralston, who is the young buck. He's the new uh, swabby. And he gets all hell from the captain. And his character does play an integral part in the climax of the film. Then we've got uh, Lieutenant Commander Chester Potter, MD, and he is the ship's doctor, played by Martin Balsam, who was 46 at the time. We've definitely talked about him before on the show. I can't remember what movie it was, but he's a great character actor from this era. Well, he's juror number one in 12 Angry Men. Okay. And that's far and away that's his standout. Role, but he was a staple in Twilight Zone. Yeah. Um, he's just a, one of those faces that you just don't forget. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go ahead and recast it. Chelsea, who is your Captain Finlander? When I was searching for actors for this role, mm -hmm. a picture came up of this actor from a movie called War Machine. And I was like, well, I guess you could be this captain because you were you know, picked on a lot in the 80s mm -hmm. by John Hughes and his gang. I went with... Um, yeah. Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> Speaking of plastic surgery, he does not look like himself. No, he looks so different. <laughs> he really doesn't. Uh, all right. Uh, Sean, who is your captain? Uh, this actor. Wrong. I'm the captain now. Oh. This, uh -uh. Act <laughs> this actor's 51 years old. Uh, he was in uh, a film, uh, uh, U571, yep. about a submarine. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, these guys weren't on a sub, but they were chasing one. So mm -hmm. I thought it was kind of appropriate. Uh, he was in uh, Dallas Buyers Club and Mud and All Right, All Right, All Right. All Right, All Right, All Matthew Right. Matthew McConaughey. He is being courted to run for governor of Texas. Is that right? He was in the yeah. news. <laughs> Something. Um, and Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor of California. Yes. All right. Um, also, I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to point out that one thing that stood out to me in this movie was in terms of the sound mixing, the ping from the sonar, the intensity of it increased as the suspense of the movie increased. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was a really nice device. All right. So my Captain Finlander is 51 now. He was in Saving Private Ryan, The Green Mile, True Grit, and we were soldiers. His name is Barry Pepper. Nice. Barry Pepper. Barry Pepper. He also plays Ned Pepper in the reboot of True Grit. Wouldn't you like to be a Pepper too? All right. So next we've got Ben Munsford, played by Sidney Poitier, who was your civilian reporter, Chelsea. Well, on your sound thing, the battle station whistles that mm -hmm. play were like super triggering for me. Oh, yeah? <laughs> It was a duds. Uh, I love Sydney. I love all him. hands on deck. I love him so much. Yes. And so I went with an actor that I you love. Also love. Yeah, and he's got the cutest smile. David Diggs. David Diggs. I thought about him. I shopped him. I saw Very him cool. and I was done. I was like, nope, that's it. Sean, over to you, buddy. <laughs> I went with a thirty-nine-year-old actor. Um, he's been on a boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least he was in the King Kong. He's got his flippy floppies type movies, uh, but he was also in Hotel Artemis. He was in If Bill Street Could Talk. He was in Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Mm -hmm. You just talked about him like a week ago. Yep. 
It's Brian Tyree Henry. Brian Tyree Henry's good, man. Right on. Uh, that's not who I thought you were going to say. He's from Fayetteville, North Carolina, by the way. Just up the street. Just up the road. And my Ben Munsford is 29 now. He was in Attack the Block, Detroit, The Circle, and the Star Wars sequel trilogy. His name is John Boyega. John Boyega. He's a little bit younger. He's only 29 now. But I think it'll work. Next up, we've got the role of Ensign Ralston, uh, wet behind the ears, I believe they say. Uh, he's played by James MacArthur, who apparently was something of a like a heartthrob back in the day. Uh, he was 28 at the time. And Chelsea, who did you pick? Um, this is a face value pick. My actor was in the TV show Teen Wolf on MTV. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in the Maze Runner movies. I went with Dylan O'Brien. Dylan O'Brien. Yeah, okay. I can see it. It's, not, it's a little picture. Right Just on. like Google him. <laughs> <laughs> this was the guy that he said, don't you turn away from that monitor. Yes. And, you know, he was stretched to his breaking point. Mm-hmm. So if he fires one, I'll fire one. Exactly. So my actor is uh, 30 years old. Um, he was in Neighbors. He was in The Fundamentals of Caring. He was in Just Jim, but mm-hmm. he was also in a movie called Submarine. Wait, Just Jim, the uh, the the Jim, uh, what's his fuck? Jim Belushi vehicle? No. no, no. Oh, that's according to Jim. Yeah. Okay. But he was in a film called Submarine. Uh huh. His name's Craig Roberts. Craig Roberts. Okay. He was the little kid in Submarine. He's all grown up. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Oh my goodness. That movie has a great soundtrack also, yeah, by the way. My Ensign Ralston is 28 now as well. He's in some heavy hitters like Hereditary and Midsommar. He's also in Detroit with John Boyega. And he's in War Machine with Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, nice. His name is Will Poulter. Will, Will Poulter. Will Poulter is going to be my guy. For the role of James, I'm sorry, Ensign Ralston. Did you put that hat on him? No, I didn't. He's in a movie where he plays a cop in Detroit. He plays a cop in okay. the movie Detroit. Gotcha. It's a cop hat, but it kind of goes with the. With I the like picture. it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you put that hat on him? You know, I don't have Photoshop. Uh, next, we've got Commander Chester Potter, the ship doctor, played by Martin Balsam, who is 46. Chelsea, who did you go with for this? I don't think we made fun of him enough. So I went with Ben Affleck. Yes. <laughs> this character is a dipshit. All right. I kind of liked this you did, character. You thought he was a dipshit? Yes. Why? Okay. A, the whole wearing the wrong uniform. B, his interaction with the captain in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, captain's talking, briefing so you've got them. Naval hey, authenticity. Can I smoke? Naval authenticity beef. No, no, no. He was just he was just a ding dong. Well, it's I, not like a negative thing. Well, I'm not saying he's a bad person. You he said he was a, a dipshit and a ding dong. Yeah, like goofy. not in a negative way. Well, the good I mean, kind of dipshit and ding dong. I mean, like he's not a bad well, person. I think, yeah. I think that speaks to what the uh, the captain said. You know, he kind of had gotten himself into this cushy role as a doctor. Yes. And once that practice kind of dried up, he put himself back into the navy. And that's where you know the captain really turned the screws on. Yeah, he did. Um, so yeah, I, how yeah, long have you been out of the navy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I wouldn't call 
15 years in the reserves out of the Navy, sir. All right. So over to you, Sean. Who's your pick for well, my actor, Dr. Potter? All right. Well, my actor was in uh, Wish I Was Here, Oz the Great and Powerful. Um, his parents are of Russian descent. So Russia. So I thought it was kind of appropriate. Uh, but he played a doctor in a, in a TV show. He's from Garden State. I went with Zach Braff. Zach Braff. Cool deal. All right. Uh, yeah, I, he's the right age, isn't he? He sure is. Because uh, I think that he was amongst my candidates, my officer candidates. Uh, so my actor is 46 now. He's in Faith of My Fathers, which is a war movie, Soldier's Girl, and Alpha Dog. His name is Sean Hatosi. Sean Hatosi. Halitosis. Sean oh. Hatosi. Okay. Uh, he was also in a in a TV show recently where he played a prison guard. It, he's You'd recognize him. All right, so final thoughts on the Bedford incident. Chelsea? I was really mad at their countdown clock. Like, I kept yelling at the TV. Okay. A was, lot. Was it not counting down in the right order? Well, it went from 2359 to... Zero zero zero, and oh, then so it would be it would have been twenty. No no no, you can use, you can use that. That's fine. Okay, but then it cuts back, and now it's at twenty four. That clock ain't gonna fucking do that. It's not gonna go backwards. No, well, it's the same fucking time. It's one of those you know the manual clocks with the little flip numbers. Somebody would, could have just moved the handles. It just wouldn't have had a twenty four. No. Anymore. It would have either had a 24 or all of the zeros. You know is how have that a 24? President Palmer. <laughs> I, I'm going to recommend this movie uh, for oh, its too. time. And I enjoyed it. I, think I liked that it. The plot is its strongest, strongest feature. The plot and the performances. I don't know that it's necessarily like shot that amazingly. Some of the, some of the camera work was a little bit well, sketchy. The, the very the, final shot where... Uh, spoiler, spoiler, 1965, spoiler, uh, where everybody starts to melt and it's like the celluloid yeah. is melting. I thought that was a little cheesy. I, I, I thought they were like, somebody on the set was like, no, no, this would be really cool. Yeah. Watch. <laughs> Hold on, man. <laughs> All right. So that brings us to our bonus segment. And this is going to be a nuclear battle royale, a war, if you will. Chelsea, are you ready? I'm ready. Sean, are you ready? I'm good. It's going to be a fight to the death between War Child, War Boy, and War Horse. Who's War Child? Seriously? Back off, War Child. From Point Break? Oh, gotcha. With Patrick Swayze? Well, yeah. yeah, I got that. He's with me, War Child. Seriously, back off, War Child. Is that what his is that what his, his trivia name comes from? Okay. Yes. And uh, then War Boy. Well, War Boy uh, and War Horse. Yeah, I know. There's there's a play. Um, no, War Boys. Chelsea. I mean, come on, come on. It's Mad Max. Fear I'm going War Child because the original Point Break is the shit. Well, then no. I'll go with the fucking horse. You go with the horse, War Horse. That horse earned every penny in that movie i want to thank you chelsea chop chop regulator thank you for doing what you do and anything you want to plug any social causes any 
No, no plugs. Well, thank you again for being here. And I also want to thank the engineer, my co-host and co-producer, Sean the Brew Boss. Thank you for doing everything you do, sir. Yeah, man. And uh, I have a plug. What is your plug? I want to plug the listeners of uh, My Favorite Murder. Yeah, they gave us a bump this they past week. They gave us a huge bump in our numbers. We appreciate anyone who is All those murderinos out there. Yeah, if you've subscribed, uh, we really appreciate it. And please stick with us. Yeah, and tell other people. Yeah, every download counts for us. And then tell them to tell other people. We're the, the Apodsy scheme. <laughs> we're, the, <laughs> <laughs> we're the little guys. We really appreciate every single download. And can you tell me what next week's episode, the season nine premiere, will be? Yes, I'm so excited about this because I don't believe it for an instant. It's Cryptid Movies. Cryptid Movies is coming up. And so could you explain what a cryptid is? Yeah, cryptids are these legendary pseudoscience-based creatures. Mm -hmm. Your Sasquatch, your Uh, Yeti, your... Chupacabra. Yes, your Loch Ness. Yeah, any of these legendary... Even werewolves, I guess, would kind of... In a way, skinwalkers. Yeah, uh, those kind of movies. It's going to be fun. It's going to be weird. And we're going to have, hopefully, a remote guest. I don't know if he'll be remote, but hopefully he'll give us some uh, audio commentary. Uh, World-class skeptic, Travis Knowles, Professor Knowles, will be contributing to that episode. Uh, We also want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. We are online on podbean.com. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. We are at Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter, facebook.com slash Cinema Chop Shop, Cinema Chop Shop at gmail.com. If you ever want to email, the beer we checked in today will be checked in on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And then also, this week's episode wasn't videoed, but there are some goodies on YouTube. You can search for Cinema Chop Shop Podcast on YouTube. Reminder, next week, or starting now, all my 2021 movie marathon check-ins will be at Travis G. Allen on Twitter. Finally, farewell to you, the listeners. Thank you for everything that you do. Remember to wear a mask, social distance, and get that vax, yo. And please, watch Watch Chop Retrofit. Oh, look, follow boy. (laughs) Respect, fam. (laughs) 